Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, people of the Nerdic Pro Podcast. Welcome to um, episode and week 62 of Nerdic Pro Weekly. Um, the reason why um, this week's episode of Nerdic Pro Weekly is here on Anchor and Spotify um, is due to the unfortunate... Uh, news that the entire wrestling world um, is currently going through and that is um, the events that unfortunately took place uh, this past Tuesday and that was the unfortunate passing of uh, one half of both the Ring of Honor and House of Glory World Tag Team Champions one half of, in my opinion, the greatest tag team in the history of tag team pro wrestling, uh, one half of Dem Boys Ring of Honor Hall of Famers, um, the Briscoes um, of Jay Briscoe. Now, this podcast was recorded uh, before um, this past Tuesday. Uh, this was recorded before um, the passing of Jay Briscoe, um, and. Um, yeah, so the reason why this week's episode of uh, Nerdic Pro Weekly is here on Anchor and Spotify is because myself um, and the crew of the Nerdic Pro podcast, so uh, so myself, Bobby um, Salastar, um, Ben Taylor, Stuart Jones, uh, Tommy Rump and Richie Stoneham, uh, we're um, trying to come together for a podcast um, as a um form of like a memorial podcast um to um like in memory um of the late great legendary um tag team wrestler of Jay Briscoe. Um more details of that will come out on the Nerdic Pro Podcast Facebook page over the next couple of days. So um thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Um, and I hope that you enjoy. Thank you very much, and rest in peace, Mr. J. Briscoe. Hello, mate. Fucking hell, that was a nightmare, wasn't it? Fucking hell. Yeah, I was going to say, fucking, a couple of months ago, did one with somebody wrestles for um, LWP, and literally that took nearly an hour to actually get on to the, like, the actual like, recording. Oh, no, and- I'd have given up by then. Um so, oh, oh. we're in, we're in, and I know I know how to do it now, so it won't take me as long next time. Um, yeah, so that's good. Right, anyway, yeah, here we right. are. Where, yeah. where do we start? Jesus, God knows. Um, right. So, since we're doing this in podcasting form, I think that we should introduce ourselves first. So, yeah. people of the Nerdic Pro Podcast, here is uh, the Nerdic Pro Podcast's return to Anchor and Spotify um, since the 29th of November, uh, was the last podcast related to both platforms. Um, my name is, as per usual, Bobby Effin Salazar. I am your Nerdic Pro GM, and I think that Stuart would like to introduce himself. I mean, I'm a man that needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend that is Stuart Jones. You know, there is only one man on this planet greater than me. And he resides at the Castle Cornet. So. But yeah, that's me. Um, Right. So let's get down to it. The reason for this podcast is... All of the goings on at the WWE, um, which to be honest, we we all thought was done, didn't we? Yeah. Trips was in charge. Vince had retired. Steph and Nick Khan were running the company. It, it seemed like things were going long swimmingly, but then shit decided to hit the pan. Shit um, being Vince McMahon. Um, yes, and. Um, now there's Vince decided to push his way back into the board of directors of the World Wrestling Entertainment. 
Um, and now there's a literally a million and one potential buyers to the WWE. The only yeah. way, like, the only reason why Vince actually wanted to come back to the board of directors of the WWE was to pursue a sale. And it's like you've had nothing to do with the company since what June, July ish, short time when he actually fucked off. Yeah, about that. Because of you know all these sex scandals that came out via the uh, Wall Street Journal, and um, now he's wanted to sell the company, and it's like huh, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, then we had right. So let's 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 start at the beginning. Vince comes. Yes. Vince announced that he's he's returning. Steph then resigns her post as co-CEO. Yes. Then it's announced that a sale has been agreed with the Saudi PIF. Yes. Then it's later come out that actually, no, that was, that wasn't the case. And they were one of 10 prospective buyers. Yes. Then one of the board members has threatened to sue Vince McMahon over allegations that he's forced his way in unethically and he's, you know, he, he shouldn't be there. And then the latest rumour today is Tony and Shad Khan might be considering a merger between AEW and WWE. My brain hurts from all that now. Um, I mean, but, right, let's, uh... let's, I think some of I mean, the, the prospective buyers that I've heard are NBC, who run the Peacock Network, which in America, the WWE Network is on. Yes. That one would make sense and would probably be a, a safe option. Yes. There's obviously the Saudi PIF, which I still think will be the ones that get it. As much as I don't want that, I think it will. Um, yep. Disney. Uh, I'm going to go into more detail about why I think each one's good and bad. Um, but Disney is another potential. And then obviously the Khan family um, with a consortium of other people behind them. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the ones I mean, that I've seen, the ones that I've seen are obviously the Khans, uh, the Saudi Arabian government, the Saudi Arabian personal um, uh, investment fund. Um, Amazon were, were apparently a potential buyer. I did um, hear a rumour of Elon Musk. How true that is, yes. I don't know. Yeah, um, uh, Musk was, again, someone that I heard rumours and speculation of. But, I mean, he's literally just brought Twitter. Do you honestly think that he's going to want to buy WWE after splashing out, what, $44 billion to buy Twitter? Do you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, so the ones that I've heard, uh, the Arabian government, the uh, Arabian personal uh, investment fund, the Khans, uh, Amazon, uh, like I think that Apple were on the list. I see uh, Disney, um, uh, Fox as well. Um, they were apparently like a potential buyer, and it's like personally with the names that are actually on this list, the more sort of like the way that I'll lean more towards for who will actually get the deal if any sort of sale actually goes ahead would be either the prince of uh, Saudi Arabia, i.e. the Arabian government, or the uh, Arabian personal um, uh, investment fund. As you know, it's all money-orientated, which is what Vince actually wanted to come out of this whole sale process to begin with. Right, this is what I don't understand. And and I was talking to my brother about this the other day, and neither of us could come up with a logical answer. Obviously, Vince wants to sell because he wants the money, right? Yeah. But he's 77 years old. Yeah. So how much of, I mean, I don't, I think he's what, 80% of his shares in WWF or WWE, sorry, fucking hell, show me age. Um, he's got 82% of the voting, right? 80, 82%. So basically any... Like 43% in um, shares. Right. Okay, so 43% of the shares, 43% of, of 4.2 billion, which is the rumoured amount that they want, is, I'm not going to do the maths off the top of my head, but a lot of fucking money. Yeah. 
Yeah, he ain't going to spend that. There's no way he's going to physically spend that. So all he's going to end up doing is leaving it to Shane and Stephanie anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, because he's he already not? a billionaire as it is anyways. Like, he's yeah. already not a billionaire as it is anyways. He's exactly. 77 years old. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not exactly got decades, like, long left. Like, call me a I would have thought, I, I, as a father, right, if I've spent my entire life, and it has been his entire life, yeah, building a company that, uh, you know, was his father's before him, right? And he yeah. built this thing from a, from a regional promotion in the Northwest to a global brand, right? And that's yeah. all him. And I'll, I'll give Vince all the credit in the world for that. He has done yeah. that, um, yeah. you know, off the back of things like WrestleMania and cable network and blah, blah, blah. You know, but he has, he has turned it from, I say, a regional promotion in Northwest America to a global brand, right? Yeah. Why would he then decide that now's the time that he wants to sell up, get out of the business? Why not just leave it? If he doesn't want to leave it to Shane, because Shane doesn't seem that bothered, um, but mm. leave it to Steph and Triple H. Let them run it. Let them take it on. Let them do what he's done. Let him do for them what his father did for him. Yeah. I don't I understand the need for the sale. I don't get it. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been saying this to quite a few people that, you know, with all the work and the time and the effort and the shit that he's actually put into the WWE in the 40 years that the company's actually been his after he took it off of um, uh, Vince Sr. back in what? Uh, the early 80s, late, like the late 70s. Late, I think it was like 79, 80, he actually took it over. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so since then, like... He's put in too much time and effort to actually, you know, because to actually want to pursue a sale of it. Because surely, from my perspective, he, like, I would have presumed that he'd have looked at the WWE as a child, if you know what I mean, because he's put in so much time, yeah. effort, money over the span of like four plus decades um, into the company, you know, because. If anything, if he did want to set up, then personally, I think that the Attitude Era would have been the time for him to have actually sold up. Do you know what I mean? Come the end of the Attitude Era, like in what, 2001, I think that that would have been more of like a realistic time to pursue a sale. Do you know what I mean? It's either that or, or going back to the midway of the uh, New Generation Era, so, so like the mid-90s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, possibly. I think... I just don't understand the, the, the reason behind the sale. Um, you know, he was retired. Vince and Steph, Vince, Trips and Steph were steady in the ship. Profits were good. Crowd revenues were up. You know, yeah. I tell you what, I think the best time if he was going to sell would have been during, if he wanted to sell it, why didn't he do it during the COVID era? When, yeah. you know, he probably could have got a fucking decent price for it. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't get yeah. it. <sighs> yeah, I was going to say, like you mentioned, the COVID era, um, like the Thunderdome uh, time and like all that. Um, this was when he was um, uh, releasing uh, record-breaking profits. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So, exactly. It would have been so, an ideal yeah. time to sell. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yet, even still, like profits are still up. I mean, they yep. recorded. Like, uh, like the like all time high profits, which were literally in and around like the billion dollar mark. Do you know what I mean? And stupid. Um, it is stupid, yeah, um, exactly. Like, they let God knows how many wrestlers and backstage personnel, ring crew, uh, office staff go, uh, due to budget cuts, and then they release record breaking profits. Fucking work See, I was gonna mention, I was gonna work. mention that, I was gonna mention that, and we'll, we'll. We'll get onto that later, but just quickly, like if you're off the top of my head, two high profile names, if you're William Regal or Cody Rhodes, what the fuck are you thinking right now? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But I mean, we'll get to that later because I've, I've got some views on that, but um, yeah. yeah. So who's, who, who do you think, right? As a, as a fan, as a, as someone who, you know, talks about wrestling, um, lives wrestling, fucking eats, yeah. sleeps and breathes it like we do. 
out of all the prospective buyers that have been named, who do you think is the best option? I think the most realistic option would be, is it Disney that own Paramount? Or whoever yeah. actually owns Paramount? Are you not fucking Paramount? Peacock, even. Fucking Paramount. Um, NBC. NBC, that's it. Where the fuck did I get Disney and Paramount from? I don't know. No, I don't. Uh, the NBC, right? Who own uh, Peacock, right? Obviously, they've got the rights to the WWE Network in the US. I would suggest it would be them. However, with Vince notably being more money-orientated, I would assume that a potential Saudi Arabian buyer would offer many millions of dollars more for the company. So I'm going to assume it would be either the Saudi PIF or the um, uh, Saudi Arabian prince. Whether or not the Saudi Arabian prince does it through himself or through the um, Arabian government, um, it would be one of those. Personally, I would prefer for there to be no sale point blank. Obviously. Yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah, like I would prefer for there to be no sale whatsoever. However, if with obviously all the everything that's currently come out, the more realistic buyer would be the NBC. However, the better paid option would be the Arabians. Yeah, I must admit, right, and this is this is out of left field, and and again, I've discussed this with other people, and, and I've been shot down, but I maintain that it's a, it's a decent option. Would be Disney, right? Yeah, they've they've got. They've got history with pro wrestling because let's not forget WCW, especially in the early days when they signed Hogan and Macho Man, and yeah. you know when Bischoff first took over, a lot of it was recorded at the Disney soundstage. Yeah. Um, they've already got the WWE. They've already got um, Disney Plus, so it would not take a huge amount for them to take over the network. And whether they merged that with Disney Plus or kept it as a separate entity, um, yeah. there might be some complications there with Peacock. I don't know. That's, that's legalities that are beyond my intelligence level. Yeah. Um, and I think they'd be smart enough to leave it alone, not fiddle with it too much, and just let it run as it always has, run the same shows, run the same programming, yeah. and just and just sit back and collect the profits. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to say, because you've already... Because, you know, if they... You know, keep a you know Triple H or Stephanie or like Nick Khan around, whether it be permanently or even for like a period of time. Then they'll still have those people around to actually help them sort of uh, keep the running of the company actually going. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Rather than it being just like a massive like streak of piss. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this, and it's not exactly the same, but I'm gonna compare this to. The rise and f- the rise and fall of WCW, right? In, and I'm not going to go into the massive history there, but Jim Crockett Promotions that predated WCW was the only yep. real competitor to WWF. Yep. And they were doing well. They had good numbers. They had Ric Flair as world champion. They had the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express, two of the biggest tag teams ever. Um, yep. And for some god knows reason, and no one really knows the reason, they put Jim Hurd in charge, who had no concept of wrestling whatsoever, never knew what he was doing. He wanted to make Ric Flair a Spartacus-like character, and and he wanted to, you know, and he put in rules like you couldn't come off the top rope, and it was, it was yeah. stupid, it was ridiculous. That's how T- Ted Turner was able to buy it for peanuts. He yeah. then turned it into, you know, alongside Eric Bischoff, and then when again, when he was in charge and he was just funding Eric Bischoff and Eric Bischoff was running it, it was it was pretty bloody good. I mean, they beat WWF for 83 weeks. Let's not forget that. Yeah. 
when it started yeah. going wrong for them was when other executives started getting involved. And you had people who weren't part of the wrestling business getting involved and people saying, oh, you can't do that on air and you can't do this on air and you can't do that. That's my worry with something like NBC um, and Disney um, taking it over because NBC have already proven that there's certain things they don't like. If you go back on the US network, they have cut you. You go and watch like any Raw from the Attitude Era. A lot of the the nudity or you know the the more sexual stuff yeah. has been cut. Chris Benoit is nowhere to be seen unless he's absolutely essential. Like you can't cut him yeah. out of the Rumble that he won because you know he yeah. came in at number one for fuck's sake. Yeah. No, number two was he one or two? One. He was one, wasn't he? That's yeah. right because they always say they always say you know only two people have won it from number one spot. And Shawn Michaels is one of them. Never mentioned the second yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think if, if you get too many executives from a company like Disney or NBC or Amazon getting involved, it will ruin – it will send – the company will go south quick and it will be crap. So for that reason, I think would the Saudis really involve themselves too much in the day-to-day or do they just – do they just want to see the profits? It might mean a few more shows out in Riyadh. It might mean fucking WrestleManias in Jeddah. But generally, would the day-to-day running make much difference? I mean, that's 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 what that's what I'm leaning on because I don't know if you look at Newcastle. Yeah, obviously the PIF own Newcastle United, don't they? Yeah. You know, they don't really get involved. They just sign the checks. It's still the yeah. management team of Newcastle United who are part of the board, who are fans that are making the decisions. So I don't know if the PIF would be as bad as people are making out. I mean, as long as you can get over the LGBT rights and the women's rights and the fact that they kill people they disagree with. But, you know, I'm a straight white man, so it doesn't affect me, does it? (laughs) I shouldn't say say things like that's wrong. Sorry, I didn't mean it. (laughs) Yeah, um... Uh, don't cancel us for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, I mean, again, obviously, the day to day stuff won't um change, but will the Saudis actually really benefit from owning it? Do you know what I mean? Because at, at the end of the day, they're They'll only buy the WWE for the financial gain of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, all right, it may cost them many billions of dollars, but even still, like, that's going to take a while to actually build, to actually make that money back for starters, and then profit from investment. Do you know what I mean? Um, again... Who 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 would benefit more from from owning the WWE out of the potential buyers? Do you know what I mean? Again, I think the one that would profit the most from it, honestly, would be Disney, right? Because yeah. you could merge again, legalities aside, you could merge the network with Disney Plus, yeah. which would mean the people that maybe don't have Disney Plus but do have the network would then be like oh, okay, I'll get both, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, also, it would it would bring down costs because much like AEW of Daily's Place, there is a decent recording studio. There is there is stadium yeah. or um, level size places within Disney that they could at least run five or six shows a year, which is going to take their costs yeah. down. Um, and also, they've already got, what, Marvel... Simpsons, basically Star Wars. Wars. So, I mean, it would be huge. And then, I know she doesn't work for him anymore, but she's the first example that comes to my head. You've got people like Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, who is in The Mandalorian. You know, you've got access. Disney would have access to people like John Cena. Disney would have access to people like The Miz. Like So any movies that they wanted to make, well, you know, we've got pre-made superheroes over here. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, like, I didn't really think of that in terms of Disney. Obviously, quite a lot of the WWE guys have actually done stuff for Disney. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
I mean, like even The Rock's done a couple of Disney films, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah, um, he's done quite a few. So yeah, um, so again, obviously they'll have that sort of um, uh, what's the word like expansion with the actual uh, names. Absolutely, there's definitely room. You know, there's there's scope there for for expansion. There's there's scope yeah. there for for it to profit Disney because I say they'll already have people on the payroll that are proven actors. Um, yeah. So I I I really I, I'm leaning towards Disney being a, being a, being the option that I prefer. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing with the Saudi, the thing that worries me about the Saudis more than anything is their how do I put this delicately their um, dislike of women let's put it that way I know they obviously in recent years there has been matches women's matches on uh, Crown Jewel yep but the fact they have to change their outfits change their looks cover themselves up like you know I don't know. I just, I just think that it would. It, women's wrestling would take a massive back step, and the women's revolution yeah. would be would be over if it goes yeah. to Saudi. Yeah, I was going to say because again, you look at the women's division. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, how many people actually tune in, like especially women tuning into the, the WWE because there's women wrestlers that they inspire to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then if it ends up going to Saudi, chances are we're not going to see a women's division in WWE anymore. Do you know right. what I mean? Um, maybe we'll potentially see the odd match here and there, but it won't be as consistent and as constant as what it actually is today. No, That's no exactly. Uh, I really worry about that. Um, and again, um, if it does go to Saudi, Sami Zayn won't be able to wrestle for WWE no more. No, no, Saudi, Sami's career. Which, I mean, that as, as shit as that would be for WWE, like as a fan of wrestling, he'd get work, like he'd get snapped up by a yeah. by AEW or Ring of Honor. Like, yeah. can you imagine? Oh, look, El Generico's back. He's finished building yeah. the orphanages. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's learned to speak. When did that happen? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say because obviously, um, then again, like with the talks of, um, and like, well, with um, what is it um, on a club? Like now, in like now, in perception, potentially seeing like Ring of Honor Weekly coming back again. Uh, if if the deal does go, go towards the Saudis, obviously, uh, Sami Zayn had one hell of a career as um, El Generico in uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, so he's so we'll obviously have that uh, lad back on. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because uh, obviously with Tony Khan being Tony Khan, right? The second that any WWE wrestler actually gets released, he snaps them up like that. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, yeah, which isn't, which isn't always a good thing, and that's that's another no. conversation for another day. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah, I think you're right. I think and someone like Sa- someone like Sami Zayn, whether he whether he goes back to El Generico or whether he continues being Sami Zayn just with a different name because obviously trademarks um yeah. but yeah I think he'd be fine it's other wrestlers it's it's you know like if if any I don't know, I think Darren Young you know a, a, an openly yeah. gay wrestler you know Max I know Max Caster's AEW but if he worked for WWE what where does that where does that place someone like them you know because yeah I know we were joking about it a little while ago but it, it is a big, it's a serious thing for the LGBT yeah. community. Like Alexa Bliss, do you know what Alexa, I mean? She's, yeah. Yeah, she's recently uh, got married to another woman. Do you know what I mean? So again, this whole Uncle Howdy thing that's going on, right, where the fuck's that going to go? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a big worry. It really is. Um, but uh, Vince just won't care because if they come in with the most money, that's where it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I know we've already said this. I mean, the bloke's 77 years old. He's worth many billions of dollars already, right? Why would he want to sell his, what, 40-odd percent shares in the company, like in the, in the WWE, for probably a couple more billion dollars? 
for him to potentially not see the next 10 to 15 years. Um, and, and yeah, because no doubt he'd have still had the many billions of dollars that he had prior to the sale. Yep. With all this additional billions of dollars coming in from the sale of WWE, right? Why bother? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to get too frustrated uh, like about it. I mean, he presumably knows what he's doing. But, um, you know, coming from a fan's perspective, um, I don't think he does. Do you know it's I mean? worrying. It, as a fan, yeah. it's worrying. Because yeah. I know that, you know, we, we, we've, I personally have been really, really hard on the WWE in recent years. The, the product has not been great. Um, no. There has been a lot of misbooking. There has been a lot of absolute shit. I mean, three hours of Raw is painful to watch at the best of times. Yeah. Um, but then when he retired and Triple H took over, I was genuinely thinking, okay, no, we could we could see a return to to previous previous form. This could be good, and it was for a while. It was getting better. You know, there yeah. were still some off segments and. You know they're still they're still going to do the shitty comedy and it's still going to be PG, but yeah. it was starting to get improve. It was starting to improve. Yeah. My worry now is it's going to get taken over. It's going to go, and it's going to get even bloody worse. Um. And it could end up being the decline of WWF WWE again. Show me age, yeah. bloody hell. You know it could be the decline of WWE. It could. Yeah, and, I mean, much like much like. You know, both myself and yourself, this is the first time in our entire lives where we've not been ruled by a queen, right? My yeah. mum is sixty years old, right? She's never not known a queen in this in this country until now. It'll yeah. be the same with WWE. There has never been a period yeah. of my life where I've not watched WWF programming. You know, I'm yeah. a wrestling fan because yeah. of Survivor Series 1990. Yeah. Um. You know, I wore that tape out. I got it for yeah. Christmas one. I got it for Christmas in December. And I was like, honestly, I wore it out. I'm a wrestling yeah. fan because of WWE. So for it to potentially, I'm not saying it will, but potentially go down the swanee because of a sale, because Vince yeah. has just got greedy and wanted a couple of billion more, yeah. really does upset me. Like it, it, it's a, yeah. I might not watch the product religiously anymore, and there might be things I don't like about it, and I might moan about it, but I don't want it to go. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm a wrestling fan because my first memory of wrestling was uh, WrestleMania 2009. Um, uh, which I think one of the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels matches, I think. I think. Um, but it was WrestleMania 2009 anyways. Um, it was uh, just our, It was just before, it was in the build-up to uh, WrestleMania 2009. Uh, seeing highlights of um, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. That was my first memory of wrestling uh, back in uh, sort of Marchish time, 2009. Um, yeah. So that's what, 14 ish years ago? Um, and, yeah, um, see, there's there's yeah. me showing there's me showing my age. I remember the under my my first ever real wrestling experience was Undertaker's debut for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd watched it. I'd sort of watched it before and I was sort of a bit interested in like Hulk Hogan and I did like Jake the Snake Roberts. But yeah, the thing that got me hooked yeah. was Taker's debut. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing that got me hooked was at this point, I was literally obsessed with Power Rangers, right? Oh, I love Power Rangers. Right. Yep. Hear me out on this, right? I used to think that The Undertaker right, was the male version of Rita Repulsa. <laughs> True story. <laughs> you absolute nerd. <laughs> True story. I always used to think that The Undertaker was the male version of um, uh, Rita Repulsa, which is, in fact, the first, which is, in fact, originally the only reason why I actually became a um, uh, a fan of wrestling. So, so yeah. Had it not have been for me being a massive fan of, um, of uh, Power Rangers, I highly doubt that we would be doing this podcast now. And I highly doubt that, I, that I'd have actually met you to begin with. So, no, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. That's, that's something, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, 
But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as a huge fan of wrestling that um, that I am, you know, I've I've looked at wrestling as a religion for the past 14 fucking years, right? I literally, like yourself, I live, breathe, bleed this business. You know, I'm now refereeing matches in fucking Skegness and Boston and fuck knows where else uh, for Lion Wrestling Promotions and uh, Ultimate Wrestling Entertainment. But, um, you know, it's... So, yeah, I mean, I I thrive off all that. And, um, and yeah, I've never not known... Like, like you said about... Um, like, like the Queen, uh, like I've never not known there to not be um, uh, like the Queen around. Um, I've never not known Vince McMahon to not be around. No, Do you know what I mean. So, no, exactly. Like Vince, Vince. I, I always thought Vince was immortal. I didn't think he would ever die. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I still don't. I still don't think he'll die. I, th- I, th- yeah. I think he'll be cryogenically frozen or something. Like, he'll, yeah. and he'll. Uh, I don't know. So I'm going to ask you a question. Right. Yep. Because the one thing we haven't discussed, we've discussed the potential of the Saudis taking over. We've discussed the potential of Disney taking it over, and I think Amazon and CNBC would be similar views to that of, of Disney. Yes. But what do you realistically think would would what would the landscape of pro wrestling look like if Tony Khan buys the WWE? Fuck. Um. Oh God! Um, I mean, does he? D- does the man need more wrestling? Do you know what I mean? Um, well, this again, and this is something that I, I we keep we we have discussed a couple of times, and I do want to get on the podcast. And now we've got this, like you know, it, the the recording issue sorted out. We'll have to sit down and do it properly because I still want to moan about Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, I still haven't done that properly, and, and I need to. I need to get it off my chest. But I don't know, like. There's part of me that thinks, would it be a bad thing, right? Because if he was able to sit down with Triple H and Nick Khan and William Regal and and yep. you know and go right, I'm going to buy the company, which means I have access to the to the library. I've superstars are no longer called superstars; they're now called wrestlers. Like but you're going to run the company day to day. You're not going to change anything. You're still going to have your slot on USA network. We'll still run on TBS. I don't know. Would that work? I don't think it would work. I really don't. I, I think it would be, that would be the death of WWE because it would go the same way ring of honor has gone where it would just be AEW presents WWE WrestleMania. Yeah. at Fucking Daly's place or something. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and, I mean, personally, I think that if if Tony has any sort of involvement in this purchase, I think that the only way around it would be Tony buys only what Vince personally owns of the WWE and Titan um, and uh, Titan Sports, right? Uh, yeah. So the 42-43% of Vince McMahon's shares, right, so becomes the uh, the majority shareholder, um, and the 81-82 whatever percent of uh, Vince's voting rights, right? And then we see a bit of a partnership, but Tony Khan buys that, right? AEW does not. Right, so it's Tony buying it for himself rather than for AEW. So, personally, I would look at it like he would buy Vince's shares, stocks, voting rights, etc., and then try and work a deal with another company to then buy what's now his shares of the company and then be done with it, pretty much. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, again, w- would anyone who has actually got any say in this sale actually want Tony Khan to have anything to do with the purchase of WWE, considering that he's had Ring of Honor for literally nearly a year now, and he's only put on three shows? Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. In fact, it will be nearly a year, won't it? Because he announced the the sale, and then the first the first promote the first um, thing he promoted was Supercard of Honor, wasn't it? Yeah, which was uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, like he bought it at what the start of February. Well, yeah, it would it have been. was announced. It was announced in February. Um, how long he actually had the company, I don't know. Um, like up until this point. But it was announced at the start of February, and then the uh, Supercard of Honor show was uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, why would Tony Khan want to buy WWE? He's already got fucking half their roster from the past fucking 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But um, would this be to complete his you know, memorabilia of the wrestling industry. Well, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? It's just, he just wants to play with all the big toys. He wants to, yeah. you know, he, yeah. No, I, I I think it'd be a disaster. I really yeah. do. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't really think of that. I mean, what would, well, then again, any purchase of WWE, whether it be Tony Khan, Amazon, the Saudis, what will the landscape of wrestling look then? Because, you know, literally no one he like in wrestling has ever known there to not be a Vince McMahon around. I mean, what, I mean, who's been a fan of wrestling for more than 40 years, whether or, whether or you've actually been a wrestler who's now retired, who's been in the business for 45 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, e- even still, it was Vince's dad that had it before him. And like, even still going back to the old W uh, the old WWF, Vince McMahon was still a um, commentator for matches and a, um, yeah. a ringside um, interviewer. Do you know was. what I mean? So he, so he was still about then. Um, and did you know? Did you know? Just this go massively off topic, but it's one of those things. I, one of those interesting facts I like that the Million Dollar Man, yeah. right? That was a gimmick that Vince created for himself, but his dad would wouldn't let him wrestle. Fucking really. Yeah, the million dollar man. He was going to be like the million dollar kid or the million dollar son or something, and he was. Which, to be fair, makes sense because if you think about what Mister McMahon, the on-screen character, become the owner of the business, the one with the money, the one that could afford to take out, you know, hire wrestlers to beat up Stone Cold, and like it kind of yeah. makes sense. But yeah, that that was originally his gimmick that he gave for himself, um, that his dad wouldn't let him wrestle, so he gave it to Ted DiBiase. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, Christ. there you go. It's useless information that would, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, I just, I just, it's a really weird time. I think the one positive that could come from it, right, is Vince has always isolated the WWE from everything else. Like, he yeah. won't acknowledge. Like we got AJ Styles versus Nakamura at WrestleMania, and I think they said, "Oh, they've wrestled once in Japan," but there was no mention of Wrestle Kingdom, no mention of New Japan, yeah. no. You know, it was just it was a sort of throwaway thing. Even yeah. the, the the club, like they can't mention any any other promotion, which is why yeah. it always it always pops me when you see when like there was that Kurt Angle thing and Dixie Carter was on it. You're like fucking hell. Um, yeah. So potentially a, a sale might not be a bad thing because Vince. Yeah. isn't open to working on promotions, but who's to say that whoever takes over won't be, you know, let's find some yeah. positive, right? Yeah. Imagine a forbidden door, WWE versus AEW versus new Japan. That would be fucking like, I mean, there's, you know, there's the possibilities you could, yeah. you could in theory do, cause no one said, Oh, you'll never see the shield again. You could. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. Know, you I could mean... get, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, like I mean, you look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Where was he on uh, New Year's Day? Exactly, and Vince would never have agreed winning. to that. Vince would never yeah. have agreed to that. Carl Anderson, yeah. fucking defending the it's Neverweight. Fucking, yeah, yeah. You know, it's fucking completely forgot about Carl Anderson. Carl I mean, Anderson yeah, defending. Yeah. He was he was a fucking he was a you know a New Japan champion on WWE television. That would never yeah. have happened under Vince. And the fact, no. so you know, there was this particular. Trying to find a positive, it could work in wrestling fans' favour, and we could get dream matches we never thought we'd see. Yeah. Because one thing I've always wanted, right, is, is why I mean, I, Johnson, Johnson will tell you this, 
Like I have been literally creaming my pants recently about the possibility. Are you still there, Stuart? Stuart? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, good. Don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, I uh, yeah. got to the point where you were saying that you were creaming your pants. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just with life in general. No, I was creaming my pants um, <laughs> over the possibility of Jay White turning up at the Rumble with all of his New Japan contracts sort of information coming out. Yeah. And then I thought, and I was just thinking just then, like while we're talking about it, right? If you had a working relationship between New Japan, AEW, and WWE, right? There is a, there is a year-long, potential year-long storyline build there over who was the best leader of the Bullet Club. And you could have a fatal four-way between Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, and Jay White. Yes, I mean, and like tell, tell 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 me that that wouldn't. I mean, fuck me, Meltzer would give that all the stars. Yeah, oh god, yeah, he like <laughs> yeah, that would definitely surpass Omega, Okada, and Dominion. Do you know oh, what I mean? it would. It would yeah. I mean, just the four of them. I mean, the match that they could put together because yeah, would just I be ah. Oh. I mean, you know, I I especially now am a massive fucking Japanese wrestling mark. Do you know what I mean? I'm watching a lot of... Recently, I've been watching a lot of uh, New Japan. I've been watching a lot of uh, Noah. And I've been watching a, a lot of um, uh, All Japan, right? All Japan, especially from like the 80s and 90s, right? Yeah. I've been watching a fuck ton of it, right? Not too much recently, like with All Japan. But um, more recently, I, like the more recent sort of matches, I've been watching uh, the likes of uh, New Japan and... Um, uh, Noah, right? But I would love, but personally, I am a massive fan of the Bullet Club, right? Yeah. I get that sort of the heyday sort of ended 20, like ended 2019, going into 2020. I, and especially now, I don't think that they're as relevant as what they were five years ago. But, no, absolutely um, not. Um, but uh, yeah, like I would love to see a fatal four-way between you know Finn Balor, the man who actually started off the Bullet Club, funnily well, enough, least... actually with, funnily enough, actually with Carl Anderson and, uh, and Don Gallows. Yeah, well, this is this is what I was saying. Like I was trying to sort of pitch this. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Bobby and I have a mutual friend called Dan Johnson, and. Yep. <sighs> He'd be interesting to get on the podcast once, but only once, because after hearing his voice, you'd end up wanting to kill yourselves. But he, he, he how, how do you describe him, Bob? Um, he's very, in terms of opinions, he's very self-obsessed. Yeah, in that's terms that's, of pro wrestling. Yeah, and he is a he's, massive, massive elite stan, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm a, I mean, I'm a fan of Kenny Omega, but you know, out of the elite, like, well, I say that I'm a fan of Kenny Omega, but with this best of seven series, I've tolerated Kenny Omega, right? That, that's how I, I've always with, tolerated Kenny Omega. With like, I prefer the cleaner Kenny Omega than what I do current day Kenny Omega. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so he's going back to like the whole New Japan um, Ring of Honor sort of days of uh, going back to when he was in the Bullet Club. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like Bullet Club, the cleaner Kenny Omega. I much prefer that a million miles above the what I actually do current day Kenny Omega. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in terms of Dan Johnson, he's very much the British bearded version of Dave Meltzer. So... Yeah. And don't be wrong, like, um, you know, I mean, he, he's my brother from another mother and I love him dearly. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he can be quite opinionated when it comes to what he, what he thinks. And if you disagree with him, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's, I mean, I mean I was I've, trying always to admit, but... I've always looked at wrestling as an, like, as an opinionated sport. Do you know what I mean? Well, it like, is. Of course, it is. Yeah, 
like if one person wants to cheer for the baby face and if the other person wants to cheer for the heel, fucking get over it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, no. See, no, no. There, I've got to make you wrong, Bob. And again, we'll talk about this in another bloody podcast. But um, no, I, 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 we'll, we'll come, we'll, we'll circle back to that later. Um, yeah. Because you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, right. So anyway, I was pitching it to Johnson. I was like, can you imagine it though, right? You've got Finn Balor, the OG leader. Like without him, there would be no Bullet Club. Then you've got AJ, yeah. probably the one that did take it mainstream, the one that was the most successful up until a point. Then you've got Kenny who basically took Bullet Club and created himself and the elite. And without him in charge, there would be no all elite wrestling. And then you've got Jay White, the current leader who, in my opinion, is vastly underrated um, both as a professional wrestler and as a leader of the Bullet Club. Um, Yeah. And I just think, yeah, between the four of them, and that would only work if there is a working relationship between all of these various promotions, and it would only work without Vince out of the way. So for that reason, maybe a sale is a good thing. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean... Bring it full circle. Yeah. I mean, with the whole sort of Bullet Club, like being in like the sort of whole like pandemic era of wrestling, um, obviously, not many people now compared to uh, you know, oh five through to oh fucking like to two thousand ten or whatever. Watch Impact Wrestling or TNA, right? The Bullet Club were mainstream in Impact Wrestling, right? And yeah. the thing that got me, I a couple of people that I actually went to school with, um. I was speaking to them literally a couple of days ago and I asked them who um, like the Bullet Club ended up getting brought up. Um, And I was like, yeah, obviously Jay White being the leader. And they literally stood there stunned with shock that Jay White was the leader of the Bullet Club. It's like they didn't actually realize that Jay White was the uh, leader of the Bullet Club. Because uh, for many years, the Bullet Club was um, a Japanese faction. Well, like it was mainly sort of based in Japan. Yeah. So so presuming they'd have thought that it would have been more of a, you know, bad luck Fale. So presuming they'd have thought that it would have been more of a bad luck Fale, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, uh Jay White, Kenny Omega, whatever. Uh, well, like Kenny Omega, um, Nick and Matt Jackson, the Bullet Club, maybe a Cody Hall, um, son of the late great um, Scott Hall or uh, Razor Ramon. Um, Cody Hall, someone who I've managed to um, see in person uh, a couple of times for uh, Falling Star, Big Top, um, WAW. He was wrestling at Fightmare in Carra Road. Um, a couple of years ago uh, for WAW Fightmare 3, I think that would have been. Um, and, uh, yeah, so um, so I think that my mates would have had more of a American sort of feel to the Bullet Club because I think that they'd have seen more of the Ring of Honor stuff um, than what they would have done, the New Japan sort of style of stuff. 